right, go ahead and go to Joshua tonight. Joshua chapter 5. Tonight I just want to really just share a thought with you tonight. I want to... Uh, I was reading this in my Bible reading yesterday and I came across a verse and it got me thinking a little bit. And uh, I, I want to try to just... I want to get you thinking tonight about some things and there's some really good lessons I think that we can learn from this thought. But look at Joshua chapter 5 and we'll start reading in verse 6. And it says, For the children of Israel walked forty years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord unto whom the Lord sware that He would not show them the land which the Lord sware unto their fathers that He would give us the land that floweth with milk and honey. And their children whom He raised up in their stead, them Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised because they had not circumcised them by the way. And it came to pass when they had done circumcising all the people that they abode in their places in the camp till they were whole. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Wherefore the name of the place is called Gilgal unto this day. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the fourteenth day of the month at even in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover unleavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day. And look at this here in verse 12. It says, And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna any more, but they did eat the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. Right there when it says the manna ceased. As I was reading about that, I got to thinking about that. What must that have been like? Because remember... They've been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. So for 40 years, they were very accustomed to their food always being provided for them right there. For 40 years, they would wake up every day and there would be manna laying on the ground. We see in Psalms, the Bible called it angel's food that they were eating. And then every day it was there except for on the Sabbath. On Friday, they would gather up double so they would have some for that day and the next day. And it was just always there. And I got to thinking about that. That was probably a little bit scary at first. Thinking, whoa, what's going on here? You know, I, I can just imagine some of the people maybe going out that next morning to pick up some manna and it's not there anymore. But the Bible mentions that they had just eaten of the corn of the land. So, you know, they had eaten that corn and they were about to eat the fruit of Canaan. And the truth is, you know, this was actually better food they were going to be starting to eat. We can see that uh, when you read through the story of them wandering in the wilderness, how they did a lot of complaining about the manna, didn't they? I mean, imagine eating the same thing every day for 40 years. That would, wouldn't be much fun, but at the same time, at least they had something to eat. But it, it had to have been strange when they couldn't find any. But it must have been exciting too I got, as, as I thought about it. And I thought of a few things in my life that this reminded me of because... I think it was exciting because the truth is they didn't need the man anymore. They no longer are you know, wandering about in the wilderness. They now are in the land of Canaan that God has promised them. And if you, you, know, if you go on and you read, God's just about to give them Jericho. Okay? They are just about to go. And you all know the story of Joshua and the battle of Jericho. But remember 40 years before when they saw those walls? Remember how intimidated they got? And how scared? And they're like, they got giants there. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. But that now they've learned their lesson. 
And here they are, and they haven't got that, they haven't conquered it yet, but they're going to. God's like, you know, I've already taken the reproach from off of you. They probably looked pretty bad wandering in the wilderness for 40 years like they did, but God was about to give them victory. And you know, we're going to experience things like this in our lives where we kind of get to move on to another phase, where we grow up. And what I want to talk to you about tonight is really the blessings and challenges of growing up. And we can apply this as individuals, okay, growing up, okay, you know, most of us in here are adults, but we've got a lot of kids that, you know, they're not grown ups yet, and, but they'll eventually get to that point, that point. As a church, you know, we are, we, we are growing up as a church. There are places we need to get to. Uh, maybe in your business, you know, your business, you, uh, if you have a business, you want it to grow and you want it to get where it can stand on its own two feet. And you're going to experience things like, like we're, uh, like Israel did, in your life, and you know the Bible says in the New Testament, all those things that happened to them in the wilderness, you know they those things were examples to us. Those were things that happened for a reason that God did there for our admonition. And you know, think, and I and I got to thinking about this, and some of you who are adults in here think about this, but you know, how did you feel the first time you got a bill in the mail? Okay, I remember I remember the first time I got a you know, bill. Okay, now saying you know. You, when you first get that bill, I remember the first time I ever saw that. I'm like, "Whoa, I'm being sent a notice that I owe somebody money." And to tell you the truth, uh, you know, it spooked me a little bit, you know. But at the same time, at the same time, I was kind of excited because it made me feel like a big shot. Hey, I'm in the big time now. I'm paying bills. You know, I, I, you know, I'm I'm like an adult. But you know, my my first bill it was a cell phone bill. I didn't get a cell phone till I was 18 years old. And, you know, kids today think they were a victim if they had to wait till 18 to get a cell phone. And the truth is, I didn't even want the cell phone. I got it for Christmas. Here's a cell phone. Oh, cool, cell phone. And then I found out I had to pay the bill. And you know how much that bill was? My cell phone bill every month? $18. <laughs> I paid $18 a month for that cell phone, paying a lot more than that now. Of course, my phone can do a lot of cool things now, which that one could only make phone calls. You couldn't even do a text on that phone. I don't even know if they had texting back then. But, you know, it was it was an, it was another step. I remember when I had to start paying rent and when I when I got my own place and I had to pay a utility bill and things like that. You know, no I'm now to a place where I'm paying my own food. I remember the first time I went grocery shopping for myself. You know, there was a time when the groceries were always just there in the refrigerator. Mom and dad took care of them, but now I'm kind of on my own. That's kind of what happened to Israel. The food had always just been provided for them, but now they're in a new place where now they're going to be farming. Now they're going to be getting their own food. We, um, you know, think about as an adult the first time, you know, you had to start acting like an adult. I remember when I went to go help at Camp Joy for a summer. I was only 19 years old. Okay, 19. I'm still basically a teenager. Okay, I still feel like a teenager. I still act like a teenager. But I was one of the camp counselors there. And I remember during the teen week, I had teenagers in my cabin. I had one that was 18 years old. I had some that were like 17 years old. I mean, these guys are my age. And I remember there was some drama that went on one time during the week some, you know, with some other guys in another cabin. And my first instinct was... I wanted to get involved and, you know, go put the beat down on those guys like they were wanting to do. But I was like, wait a minute. I'm the adult now. I don't get to do that. And I had to 
resolve the conflict. And it was just like, this is weird. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't like it, but at the same time, I was like, I guess I'm an adult now, you know. And it's a good thing. You want to grow up, it's a good thing. But there are there's blessings that come with growing up, but there's challenges that come with growing up too. And you know, there there are some things, you know, that I believe they actually get better when you grow up. You know, for example, you know, um, as a, when we started the church, it was exciting for me, but it's scary at the same time when we stopped receiving financial support from other churches. For the first three years, um, you know, our family received, you know, financial support from other churches. After that three years, it all quit coming. But and I remember on one hand, I was it was, you know, that that support that we got, a lot of it came, you know, a lot of it was sent directly here, and it was almost like the man in the wilderness. It seemed like those that those checks would always come right when we needed. Churches were always real consistent about when, inconsistent about when they sent those things out to. But it always came at the perfect time. Some paid like bi-monthly, some every three months. But they always came at that perfect time when we were just about broke. Which is pretty much all the time. But I remember it was, it was, was kind of like that manna every day. It was always there when we needed it. And when it stopped and when we knew no more checks are coming, it was kind of scary. But at the same time, it was kind of liberating too. That you know what? Alright, this was the goal. You know, we're here now, we're on our own, we're not getting help anymore from anywhere else. And I'm just gonna tell you, I actually like that better. I I really do. I I'm glad that we're not dependent on other churches at this point. Um, you know, I really don't want their money. It, you know, and it's uh, you know nothing against them, but it's like I'm growing up now. Okay, you know, I, I it would be like you know as a as an adult, I shouldn't be dependent on my parents to pay my bills. Okay, I and I'm glad I don't need them. I'm glad I'm not. I don't have to call them up all the time. You know, mom, dad, I need you to bail me out again because I'm in trouble. I'm glad I don't have to do that. I don't. I don't want to do that. And it's the same thing. As a church, I'm glad that it's just us taking care of things here now. And that, that's the way it ought to be. That's the goal. It was okay at first when we were just getting started, but we're growing up. And that's good. That's exactly what's supposed to happen. You know, and a similar thing that y'all might experience too is, you know, if you were to go from being an employee of a big corporation to maybe starting your own business. You know, there's some security in being a part of that big corporation, but at the same time, you can only get go so far. You know, there's there's only so much you know, they're going to let you get ahead uh, whenever you're just an employee. But when you're a business owner, the sky's the limit, isn't it? But there's a lot of other challenges and things. You know, you got to weigh them out. But at the same at the same time, you do you want to grow up. You have greater potential when you're on your own. And so when Israel crossed over into the Red, from, uh, not the Red Sea, but when they crossed into Canaan, when they crossed the River of Jordan into Canaan, there were some things that had changed now. There were some things that were now different. And the truth is, they were better. But with those things that changed, so some of them were good. Really, I think all of them were good, but they could be looked at as bad. For example, the no more manna. Okay, No more manna after they crossed over into the Promised Land. No more manna anymore. You know, but now, so now they've got to fear famines and droughts, don't they? Think about it. They never got manna again 
after they crossed over. But you know what? They did get to eat the corn of that land. They got to eat the fruit of that land. They did deal with some famines and droughts and some difficult times. But you know what? They got to, they got to have all those feasts and things that God had told them to have. And that, those must have been exciting things when they got to do that, have their own food. You know what else was, I believe was gone? I don't know, I don't know if the Bible specifies this anywhere, but I'm just going to, I'm assuming this. Remember the pillar of cloud that was always over them? And the pillar of fire at night? That's now gone. Okay, those, that's not there anymore. So now, they got to fear weather. You know, they had to deal with uh, hot summers and uh, and the cold nights. They had to deal with all those things. You know, what had happened? Why didn't God keep that there forever? You know why? Because God was wanting them to grow up. He was wanting them to be a nation that would you know that could govern themselves and do the right thing. After they get into the promised land, we don't see any more parting of waters, do we? We saw the parting of the Red Sea when they left Egypt. We saw the parting of the Jordan River when they went into the promised land, but no more parting waters anymore. That was gone. No, we don't really see at the same level you know, God's constant intervention like He did before. You know, we, don't see, you know, we don't see the plagues coming on their enemies. Now, God helped them win some battles, but most of those battles, it was them fighting themselves. And sometimes God would do miraculous things, but not to the extent He did when they were in the wilderness. We don't see water coming out of rocks anymore. That happened when they were in the wilderness. Now that they're in their own land, in the promised land, that stuff ceased to happen. You know, Now that they are there, God, we, I believe one of the reasons we don't see as much divine intervention on things is now God wants them to govern themselves according to the law He'd given them. He gave them that law when they were in the wilderness. And a lot of those things that He commanded them, He's like, I want you to do these things when you get into your land. And they got into their land. And God now is basically, it's like He's stepping back and saying, alright, what are you all going to do? I want to see how you all handle this. And we see that sometimes it went good, most times it went bad. But you know, we ask ourselves all the time, you know, why doesn't God do things like He did back then? I believe it's because He expects more from us. You know, when I when I grew up and I left the house, I didn't start complaining. Why aren't my parents buying my food for me anymore? Why hasn't my, Why isn't my mom doing my laundry? You know, why aren't they taking care of me anymore? You know, why I was I'd grown up, and now they want me to start. You know, I'm supposed to be doing these things on my own. They do kind of step back. And you know, my parents to this day, if they if I need really needed something, I'm sure they would come through and help me. But the truth is, I'm an adult now. I should be able to handle these things by myself. And it was nice when I didn't have to worry about those things. It was nice when I didn't have to worry about paying bills and uh, you know buying food and all those things. It was nice, but now I'm grown up. And the truth is, I think it's better now. I really do. And then some pros and cons of growing up. So, for example, you know, when you're a child, you're kind of like the children of Israel in the wilderness. The food's just magically provided for you. You just go to the refrigerator all the time, and it's there, you know. And you know, kids always act like it's empty and there's nothing. But you know, think about that. You know, they kids eat every day, and they're not paying for it. You know, you guys can just sit in a car while mom and dad magically drive. You know, go through a drive-through, and you got I want this, I want that. They don't even have to. Cough up any money. Wow. 
Doesn't that sound like paradise to some of us adults? You know, just imagine going places and asking for things and, and getting all this stuff and having it given to us for free. That's how it is when you're a kid, but then when you you know you grow up, so you know when you're a child everything's provided for you, but you have to eat what's set before you, don't you? You don't get the you don't get to pick everything you eat. Sometimes parents, nope, you're getting this, especially when you go out to eat. You know, they'll see they'll, they always want to order the expensive things in the menu. No, you're getting this. You're getting the dollar menu. You know, things like things like that. You don't get a whole lot of choice. People are going to tell you what to eat. You know, when you're a child or you know, when you grow up, you can eat what you want. Okay? Nobody can tell you what to eat, but you have to be able to get it yourself, don't you? You you have to you have to get it yourself. So that kind of stinks. When you're a kid, it's all provided for free, but you don't always get what you want. When you grow up, you can get what you want, but you have to be able to go get it yourself. I still, I still think it's better when you're growing up. You know, I like it. You know, no one else can tell you what to eat. Okay? Kids all the time they hear, you know, don't be drinking soda, don't do this, don't do that. You know, you can't make a meal out of ice cream, all that stuff. When you grow up, nobody's there telling you what you can and can't eat anymore. But you do have to deal with the consequences of what you eat, don't you? And you know when you, and when you're a kid, you know you can stuff yourself till you're sick, and you know you can be sick the rest of the day, no big consequences. But when you're a grown up, if you make yourself sick and you miss work the next day, you just lost a lot of money, haven't you? And that's why you know there is you know like our kids, I don't just let them drink all the soda and energy drinks and things that they want, and you know they would like that. But that's be, you know it's like, but when they get older, why do why do People do it when they're older. Why is it okay when they're older? Because when they're older, they're going to figure out real quick the consequences of just doing whatever you want when it comes to food or drinks or anything like that. And when they're young, they don't they don't think about that. They don't understand it. But you know, I understand the consequences of what I eat now and how it can make me feel. And when I know I've got to go work the next day, I think about that stuff. So you know, it's not all just freedom. You get to do whatever you want. You know, you have to deal with the consequences. Of what you do, you know. So no one can tell you what to eat, but you have to deal with the consequences of your choices. You know, when you're a baby, okay. When you're a, think about this, when you're a baby, everybody does everything for you. You know, when I see little Cameron in that car seat all the time in the cold night, you know, the, where it's all he's all covered up and looks all warm and cozy in there, and everybody's just carrying him around. I'm thinking, I got to walk outside in the cold, and I got to drive. I just like to sit in there and just be all warm and cozy. But you think that kid has any freedom? <laughs> you know, he's just going along for the ride. So you know, there's some benefits, but there's some, uh, you know, there's some consequences to it too. You know, when you're older, you're told to do everything yourself. That little baby, he cries. And people, they come to his attention. When you're older, you cry, and nobody cares. <laughs> you know, you're, you know, you take care of it yourself. When you're a baby, your life is easy, but it's boring. Imagine if all you did was just lay around and eat and sleep all day. That'd be fun for a day. <laughs> but but you know what? I like to be able to you know do things like going hunting and fishing and you know go on the outdoors and do the you know play sports. I like those things. You know when you're growing up, it is it's challenging, but you have some excitement to your life. You know, and as nice as it would be to just be carried around, I like to be able to go where I want when I want. And. One of the many problems our society has today, we're not training our children to grow up. Okay, and see, and this is this is 
you know, something that we need to think about. You know, we've got this generation of millennials that are out there that literally, I mean, they just, they're full grown men and women, but they have not grown up. They have no maturity at all. They have no sense of reality because we don't teach people to grow up. I believe that that was a big day. This was a good day when the manna ceased. This was a good thing. It sounds kind of scary, but this is God's now saying, all right, kids, you're on your own. All right, I'm still going to be there. I'm still watching. But you know what? Not like I was before. Y'all are going to have to start farming now. Y'all are going to have to get to work. You're going to have to get busy. And the truth is, the food was better after they got on their own. Many things were better while there were challenges that came sometime. And we need to teach our children that you know they've got to grow up. That the day needs to come where they are ready to go on their own and do the right thing. We've got to teach them independence. We need to teach them independence. We see in Genesis where God said, for this cause, cause of marriage, shall a man leave his father and mother. See that? Leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife and they two shall be one flesh. He leaves his father and mother. Why? So he can go have his own family. So he can be responsible for himself. No longer under the authority of the mother and the father anymore. Now his own authority. This is a good thing. This is what God wants. It's better. I had a happy childhood. I was I lived in a happy home. When I look back at my childhood, I'm not your typical millennial that's you know going to psychiatrists and things, you know, complaining about their parents and you know blaming them for all the problems I have in my life. No, I was I'm not like that. But at the same time, I hate the thought of going back to that. I hear all the time about people even my age going back to living with their parents and stuff. I'm just like, oh. What a nightmare that would be. Why? Was your home life that horrible? No. My home life is great, but you know what? Being on my own is even better. I like it. But part of that is because I've been responsible with my life. I didn't just go out and just make a wreck of things to where I need to do that, but it is better being a grown-up. It's better being my own. I'm glad I have my own family. I'm glad... I'm independent. We need to teach our children that. Eventually, you've got to go out and you've got to you know, provide for yourself. You've got to take care of yourself. One of these days, the manna is going to cease. You're not just going to be able to come and just ask for money whenever you want and get it. You're going to have to go out and you're going to have to get a job and you're going to have to earn the money yourself. You're going to have to buy your own clothes and then see if you still want all those fancy name brand clothes. See if you still want those $100 shoes when you're paying for them yourself. You're gonna have, you've got to you got to you got to teach them that you got to prepare them for it. We I mean we like what is with this uh, in Obamacare? You know, kids can be on their insurance till they're like their parents' insurance are like 27. What in the world? You know, 27 uh, is that the new 18? <laughs> I mean, is that I mean, what in the world? But you know, somebody's got to take care of these poor little snowflake millennials that just can't take care of themselves. I mean. I don't get that. I don't know why they did it that long. I think, I mean, who goes? To, I understand if they're still in college, but who goes to college for nine years? Okay, I mean, that's. I guess that's just our generation, but I think that's pretty sad. But you know, we need to teach them, our children, when they grow up. Okay, pretty soon you're going to start getting to an age where I'm not going to tell you every little thing to do. You're going to get to an age where you know, mommy and daddy is not going to dictate 
every little thing in your life. And so, you have to teach them though, but you will be responsible for your actions. You're going to be responsible for what you do. You know, when your kids are little, they have bedtimes, don't they? You know, you got to tell them to go to bed at a certain hour. Why? Because if they don't, they're going to stay up late. They're going to stay up till all hours of the night. And the next morning, they're supposed to go to school and they're going to be like falling asleep and not want to do their schoolwork. And then, you know, you, you have to deal with the problem. So when they're little, you tell them, you go to bed at this time. You sleep this long. When they get older, if they, well, and once again, our society is just ruining everything. You know, what's supposed to happen is, you know, when you get older, if you stay up late, okay, if I want to stay up until all hours, I can stay up all hours. The thing is, I still got to go and I got to do work the next day. And that, and that's always been the case for years. That you know, when you're an adult, even if you don't feel like it, even if you're not feeling good, if you didn't, if you didn't get much sleep, you still got to go to work the next day, don't you? But it's not like that in a lot of places. You know, people these days they miss work for everything. Just I, mean, I heard it, I was talking to a guy one time, and he was telling me about a guy he knew. He was in his mid twenties, and he helped him get a job somewhere. You know, he wanted to help this guy. He helped him get a job at this place, and he and the guy got a job. And only a couple days into his job, the, his boss called him and was like, hey, you know that guy you told me about? He's not at work. What's going on? So that guy got upset, and he went and tried calling the guy, went to his house. Why aren't, why aren't you at work? Well, I didn't wake up in time. Why not? My mom forgot to wake me up. That's what, my mom forgot. No, he was just like... Get an alarm clock. You know, it's time to grow up and be man. This guy's blaming his mom because he did not show up to work in time. You know, you get yourself up. Be responsible for yourself. And there are a lot of guys like that. I mean, grown men that are dependent on their mommies and daddies to wake them up in the morning and to drive them to work. And that is just that's pathetic and it's ridiculous. And they ought to be ashamed of themselves. We've got to teach them. Be responsible for your actions. So you know what? Eventually, our kids, yeah, no bedtime. But you know what? You've got to do everything that's expected of you the next day. You've got to do your schoolwork. You can't say you're sick. You know how many people, and they do this at work all the time too. They, it's like if you stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning and you're supposed to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, I promise at 6 o'clock in the morning you're going to feel terrible. But you're not sick. Okay, that's not being sick. Okay, you feel terrible because you didn't get any sleep, and that's your own fault. And people do that all the time. They'll stay up all hours on Saturday night, Sunday morning. They feel like garbage when they wake up, and they call that being sick. No, that's called being irresponsible. All right. So stop. Don't try using that excuse on me. The Sunday morning sickness people got because they only got five hours of sleep. Alright, that's just, that's called being tired. And yes, you're gonna feel terrible, but you're not sick. You need to come to church, and you need to deal with it, and you're not, nobody's gonna catch your sickness of just being tired. Alright? The only thing that's contagious about that is when you yawn, other people yawn too. That's the only thing contagious about that. So don't, don't even, don't even give me that one. But look at Exodus chapter 21, verse 33. They have to be responsible. I could show you a bunch of passages like this in the Bible. I'm just going to show you this one. Exodus 21, verse 33. It says, And if a man shall open a pit, or if a man shall dig a pit and not cover it, 
an ox, and an ox or an ass fall therein, the owner of the pit shall make it good and give money unto the owner of them, and the dead beast shall be his. And if one man's ox hurt another, that he die, and they shall sell the live ox and divide the money of it, and the dead ox also shall they divide. Or if it be known that the ox hath used to push in time past, and his owner hath not kept him in, he shall surely pay ox for ox, and the dead shall be his own. You know what right here the Bible is basically teaching? You're responsible for your actions. If you dig a pit and you didn't cover it up, and somebody, even an animal gets hurt, you're responsible for it. And there are many things like that in the law just teaching people you are responsible for your action. And eventually, you know, next year, Tommy's going to be able to, he's going to have a driver's license. He's going to be able to drive a car. That's a great freedom. That's a great privilege. That is an exciting day. But you understand, you are now responsible for the lives of many people. If you are being an idiot and you go and you get in a wreck and you hurt someone, okay, you have taken somebody's life. You are responsible for the people that you are transporting around. You have to take that serious. And if you don't and you get... You get in a wreck and somebody gets killed. You can get sued and you can end up losing everything. And so, it's exciting being able to do those things, but there's some big responsibilities that come with those, aren't there? I mean, it's kind of scary when you think about it sometimes. You know, what if I'm not paying attention and I back over some little kid in a Walmart parking lot? You know, that, that'd be devastating, but you've got to think about that stuff. There's, and so, there's a lot of privileges... That you know that uh, are a lot of responsibility that comes with growing up and having these. And many people today, young people today, especially, they do they they expect to have all these privileges of being a grown up, but they will ne- they don't want to accept the responsibilities. And if you want the freedom of you know, and I'm talking about stuff with my kids, eating whatever you want, when it, the responsibility of staying up as late as you want and going wherever you want. You have to first prove that you are going to take responsibility for whatever happens, because you are you are responsible. You know, I, I'm not. I'm totally against big government. I hate drugs. I hate alcohol. I hate all that stuff. I don't really like the idea of the government regulating a lot of that stuff. But what I think the government should do, I think they should just say, "Fine, drugs, alcohol, it's all legal." But you are 100% responsible for your actions. If you do anything, you do any damage under the influence, you will be treated as though you did it on purpose. If you kill somebody, if you, if you hurt somebody, if you hurt yourself, your insurance doesn't have to cover that. If you go and you OD on cocaine or something, you've got to be in the hospital for a long time, you get to figure out how to pay that bill and you're not getting out of that bill. There's no filing bankruptcy on the charges and things you rack up while under the influence. I think if they would do something like that, I think a lot of people would probably quit doing those things. Fine, you can do those drugs, but you're not going to get a dime of welfare if we ever find out about it. We're not going to help you out one bit. You are on your own. And people, they want to be able to do whatever they want. They want to be able to have all the drugs, all the alcohol, but they don't want to deal with the responsibilities that come with those things. And a lot of people, you know, and a lot of people today, grown up men and women, they, we talked about this a little bit this morning, you know, they want a physical relationship, 
with the opposite sex, but they don't want any of the responsibility that goes with it. That is a, that is a wonderful thing when you are allowed to have a woman. But you know what? You shouldn't get that unless you marry that person. Unless you commit to that person. Unless you as a man are willing to be financially responsible for her. When I, my wife and I first you know, started expressing interest in each other, I had a pretty crummy job. I was only making $8 an hour with that job. wasn't enough to provide for a wife, but I was living at home. I saved up enough money to take a trip to Israel on my $8 an hour because I didn't have all the bills and things that you know normal adults have. But you know what? When I decided that I wanted to get married, all of a sudden, it kind of lit a fire under me. And I'm like, you know what? I can't provide for a wife at $8 an hour. And so I went and I got a better job. I got one that uh, I started out at eleven fifty an hour. And it went up from there and it had benefits and insurance with it. And I knew I needed to do all those things because I knew you know, her parents were going to be asking, how are you going to provide for her? And I was glad when I was able to get that better job and say, yeah, I can do it with this job. I'm going to have it. I'm going to get insurance and things with this job. I knew I needed to do those things because I was taught you don't get the benefits of the physical relationship until you have a ring on their finger, and you don't get to put a ring on their finger until you're ready to provide for them. That's what I was taught. And like anybody else, I wanted the privileges of the physical relationship. But I understood the responsibilities of it too. And we got a bunch of punks these days that are getting the physical relationship but are not taking any of the responsibilities and look what it's producing. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just stereotype something. I, I saw one of them last night. I was in the grocery store last night and there was this... Don't worry, he was white. But he was this you know thug, gangster type and man, you could just tell by looking at him everything that he was. And he's got his girlfriend there, and she's the one paying for everything, buying everything that they're getting, you know, and he's walking around with his pants sagging and you know, they got the kid there and everything. Just a complete and total loser. Complete and total loser. And that woman is letting him have all the privileges of marriage with none of the responsibilities. And you know, guys like that ought to get beat up. I'm sorry. That's just... you know, And her dad ought to be the one beating him up. She ought to be beating him up. I mean, just how pathetic that is. She should be throwing him out of the house. And we see that all over the place. This area is crawling with those people. And we ought to be disgusted by that. We ought to be ashamed. And that's not going to be with my kids. I'm going to teach them... Hey, yeah, you, you see a girl, you like a girl, good. I'm glad, especially in this day and age. But guess what? You don't get none of that until you are ready. Are you sure that's the one you want? Because you only get one. And are you ready to pay all the bills for her? I remember I got kind of freaked out when my wife and I first started seeing each other. And I remember we went, I went to Walmart one time. I was with her and her mom. And... We're like going through there and she's like asking for all these things that she needed, you know, all these hair care supplies and stuff. And, and her mom's just like getting everything she's asking for. And I'm just like, Dude, that's got to be adding up fast. And I knew how much I'm thinking, am I going to be able to support this one? <laughs> and what, what is that? You know, a good wife, I'm going to probably totally butcher this saying, you know, uh, 
It's a good wife when you can make more than she spends. You know, and yeah, I'm I'm butchering that. You know, it's like, and then the wife, she's successful if she can find a husband that can do that. I guess, and it is. It's hard sometimes, but it, it scared me a little bit. But you know, I was like, oh, we'll figure it out. I'm gonna go for it. I wanted her that bad, and you know, hopefully, if she doesn't really need those things, I can talk her out of getting them. And I remember the first time we had the conversation of. She was saying, because when we when we first got married, I took care of all the finances, and I remember her saying, you know, we need this and this and this. And I'm like, yeah, we don't have enough money for that. And she was like, but we need it. We've got to have these things. I'm like, I understand that, but I don't have any money. <laughs> you know, we are out. We didn't have a credit card or anything back then. And, you know, and she had to learn that unlike, you know, her mother who had kind of unlimited resources, that she married a guy with very limited resources. And, uh, you know, thankfully... Uh, she figured that out, and she's gotten used to that because that hasn't changed since we've been in our 16 years almost of marriage. But uh, it is, it, it is, it's a challenge. But you know what? I'm I'm willing to keep going. I'm willing to keep trying. I'm going to keep on trying to work and figure out how I can make more than she can spend. And I'm going to I'm going to keep on because because it's worth it. And it, it's hard. It's it's challenging sometimes. But it is. It's all worth it. I never had financial troubles when I was a kid. I have. That's all. You know. I do now. But that's okay. I'll take them. But I, I'm going to keep on. I'm going to keep on trying. But people today, they do. They want the physical relationship. They don't want the responsibilities. Some people want children, but they don't want the responsibilities. It's like, oh yeah, they want to have kids, but then, you know, they don't want to teach them, educate them. You know, they throw them in daycare as quick as they can. And let them turn into little monsters, and you know it's just, you know, it's pretty sad. You know, you you take responsibility for those kids. You know, you go, you send your kids to daycare, and they turn into these little animals, and then you go and you put them on Ritalin and all this medication and stuff, and it's like you know, and, and then you think you're a victim. It's like no, your kids are the victim because. You're not taking care of them. Listen, I love I love other people's kids. I love all your kids. But you know what? If I have to watch your kids every day, I'm not going to give them the time that they deserve or that they that they need and that I'm not going to give them the nurture and the admonition of the Lord and all that kind of stuff. Now, it's it's too hard. It's hard enough to do with my own kids. I'm not doing it for somebody else's kids. You know, if if other people's kids are having a problem, I'm going to say, "Go watch TV." <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, here. Will this junk food keep you quiet? Here, go ahead. You know, just save your sugar rush for when you get home with your parents. I, that's what I'm gonna do. You know, be, that's what any parent, uh, anybody's gonna do with other people's kids. And your day, the daycare people are gonna do it too. If you're, if my kid has a serious behavioral problem, man, I care for their success in life. I want them to grow up and be responsible. I want them to learn lessons. I want them to be a good, productive citizen. And so I'm going to sit down. I'm going to teach them. I'm going to help them. I'm going to train them. If I'm just watching your kid, I'm just going to. I'm just trying to. What I got to do to keep them under control. Three. I'm here. Take what you want. Go ahead. I don't mind spoiling them. It's not my problem. And parents are doing that. It's like you got to take responsibility for your kids. You know, people they want jobs with none of the responsibilities. They want to get a paycheck, but they don't want to work. You know, they, they want that job to be there for them, but they don't want to show up every day like they're supposed to do. It, it's pathetic. But that is our society today. That is this generation 
And we've got to teach the kids, you know what, you can get a job, but you know what, jobs are not rights. Our society feels like jobs are rights. Jobs are not rights. You've got to work for that job. You've got to earn that job. You've got to do what you're supposed to, you know, what they expect of you. You've got to follow their rules and their procedures. You know, their procedures. You've got to, uh, you know, do what they tell you to do. And you don't get to call up mommy and daddy and say, like, my boss, you know, was mean to me. And have your mommy and daddy call them up. You don't get to do that anymore. I know some people that try that kind of thing. And it's sad. But we've got to teach them to take responsibility. So first we need to teach them to be independent. We need to teach them to be responsible for their actions. Okay? I want my kids to be independent. I want them to be able to do what they want to do with their life. But I want them to understand that all right, while you're doing whatever it is you want to do, you are responsible for your actions. So that doesn't mean when I say I want you to be able to do what you want to do, that just whatever you feel like at the moment, go do it. You've got to deal with the consequences of what you do. You have to deal with those consequences. And and so then not only that, we need to teach them to take responsibility for the next generation. And we we got to teach them to set them up for success. Look what it says in Joshua chapter four, in verse twenty, right before the story that we were looking at. It says in those um, this is after they crossed Jordan, after they crossed that Jordan River, they they were supposed to take those twelve stones, and those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal, and he spake unto the children of Israel, saying. When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land, for the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until ye were passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which He dried up from before us until we were gone over. That all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that ye might fear the Lord your God forever." The Lord did a great thing when He... I mean, that was a great miracle when they parted the waters of Jordan for them. And it was important that the next generation knew what God had done for them. It was important that they let their children know, you know, we did wander in the wilderness because we didn't trust God. Many people died because they did not believe God in the wilderness. But God brought us through there. He gave us this land. We used to eat this manna. It wasn't that good, but now we get to eat our own food. You know, now we're responsible for ourselves, and it's a lot better now. We're in the promised land, and we need, and we, he wanted them to teach them that. Whenever they were walking, they'd see those pile of stones sitting there. They would ask, what's with those stones? And they could tell them that story so they would know. And we've got to teach our children the importance of a personal relationship with God and a dependence on God. Because while we want them to be independent from us, They should never be independent from God. We need to teach them to always be dependent on God. Because whether we like it or not, eventually they're going to grow up and they're not going to have to listen to us anymore. But hopefully they're still going to listen to God. Right now, many of the things that rules you have in your home, they're based off biblical principles. But you understand your kids, they're obeying them not because they're obeying God so much it's because they're obeying you. And if you want them to continue with that, You've got to teach them to be obedient to God and be dependent on God. That He is absolutely necessary for their success. You've got to instruct them 
in the Word of God. Paul told Timothy, you know, from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures that are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Timothy had gotten set up for success by his mother and his grandmother who taught him the Scriptures. He had a lost father, but his that saved mother and grandmother set him up for success by teaching him the things that he needed to learn. And we've got to teach that next generation that. Somewhere with this millennial generation, that previous one, they just they dropped the ball. They didn't teach him you gotta be responsible. They didn't teach him, you know, you gotta be independent. And it's amazing how many even Christian kids I know, I mean, growing up, I mean and full fledged adults, and they just can't seem to make that next step into real adulthood. Completely dependent on their parents. I mean, just not able to do anything for themselves, irresponsible, lazy. It's disgusting. I mean, I see that kind of thing, and it just man, I do not want that for my kids. And so I got, I got to, you know, you've got to teach them those things that you got need to be independent, but you're responsible for your actions, and you got to teach them that you are. Once you get out on your own, the truth is, you're not really on your own very long at all. I mean. I went from being... I was 19 when I moved out of my parents' house. By the time I was 21, I had our first, we had our first child. And so you know what? Everything I started doing from then on, everything I started doing from the time I stepped out of my parents' house, it was everything I was doing was going to affect my children. Everything. If I would have went... When I had left the house before I got married, before I had any kids, if I would have just went and committed one felony or misdemeanor, just one, it would. And then I got right with God, and God forgave me. I get right with the church and everything. Well, guess what? I've now affected my kids' lives because I'm going to have a tough time getting a good job because I'm, I, a lot of people aren't going to want to hire me. My kids might have to live with less because of that one mistake I made while I was a single adult. Everything you do once you become an adult, it affects the next generation. It will affect your wife and your kids. And so you've got to think about those things. And so while my kids, you know, when that day comes where freedom, well, it is freedom to a certain extent. I'm not going to be breathing down their neck telling them what to do anymore. But now, they right then and there are responsible for the next generation. What they do in their college years and things, those are going to affect their families. And so, it's exciting, but it's really scary. You don't want to mess that up. You know, when you're a little kid, what's the worst thing that you can do? Well, you can hit your sister and get spanked. Well, but after you're an adult, what's the worst thing you can do? Well, there's no limit to how bad you can mess things up. So there's some freedom that comes with it, but there's also some major responsibilities that are huge. But at the same time, if you do the right thing, you can get so much more out of life than you can when you're just a child at home. When you grow up, Things are better. And you know what? It's time for God's people and churches to grow up. God expects growth from us. God, you know, the truth is, meat's better than milk. Isn't that what Paul told him? He's like, i got to give you milk. I'd rather give you meat. Meat is better, isn't it? We all know that. We all None of us want to go back 
to just drinking milk. We like the meat. We like the, we like the real food. But you gotta grow up to be able to get that. And the truth is, spiritually, things are so much better when you grow up. There's greater responsibilities. God's gonna expect more from you. But it's, I think it's all worth it. I think, it is my opinion that being a grown up is way better than being a kid. I heard it over and over when I was a kid. My dad always said, we'd always talk about how horrible school was and how much we hated school. My dad was always like, these are the easiest years of your life. Someday when you're an adult, you're going to want to go back to being a kid where all you have to do is school. And you know what? I I agree with what he was trying to say there. I agree that it is the easiest thing. That is the easiest time of your life where you've got it made. But at the same time, I don't want to go back to that because I like the privileges that come with being an adult better. But that's because I've been responsible with them so far. And if you're irresponsible with them, I mean, yeah, it will be horrible. You, I mean, if you thought school was bad, okay, I mean, think about it. Your worst day you ever had in school. Imagine, you know, when next time you go to Walmart. And you see one of those families like I was talking about, you know, girls, you know, ladies. Imagine being married to a guy like that. You think school was bad? Imagine a life with that. You guys, you see some of those women out there, just freaking out on their husbands and that look like something right out of a horror movie. Just think, oh, think school is bad. <laughs> that would be that life with that. Imagine how horrible that would be. But the truth is, if you're responsible, if you do things right, if you take responsibility for yourself, if you are responsible for your actions, if you, you know, if you think about the next generation, it is so much better. And I love it. You know, it was it was nice when we used to get the checks in the mail from other churches. But you know what? I like being I like being independent. I'd rather be. I like it now that we send some checks places. I think that's better. And I want us. I want us to continue being that way. And I think. I think the benefit. The benefits that come with that are so much greater. So with that, let's go ahead and stand together.